The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for listening today. It's great um, to know that you're out there, that you're listening, and uh, we hear from you uh, via our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and uh, sometimes via email, and it's really great. Thank you for letting me know that what we're doing here is making a difference to you, that it's really supporting you in your recovery, in your life, in your spiritual growth, and that you really like the guests that we have on here. So thank you so much for participating, and thank you also for spreading the word about Spirit of Recovery. I know that that, uh, listeners do that, that you let people out there in your world know about what's happening here on Spirit of Recovery here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. And um, thank you for that because that makes the circle bigger and gives us the opportunity to be helpful to more people. And that's always our goal here is to share ideas about the recovery journey, about the spirituality uh, journey that's all part and parcel of that recovery walk. And uh, broaden your mind, open you up to new ideas, new thoughts, new opportunities and uh, inspirations about what's possible in recovery. You know, it's great at this point in uh, time to be standing on the shoulders of so many people who have uh, already been in long-term recovery and who have passed this recovery uh, program, these recovery concepts and the recovery life onto those of us that are in our era. And it's with a lot of gratitude that we stand on their shoulders and uh Open, open ourselves up and to live this in deeper ways and broader ways and to pass it on to those who are coming beyond us. Um, you know, I saw something on Facebook the other day that says, be grateful for the seats you have in the rooms because some people, uh, never got to sit in that seat. And so, uh, it's today that we come with a whole lot of gratitude. I want you to know that, uh, you can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can, of course, listen live via your computer, via your smart device. You can also go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. And now um, you can also, if you have an Alexa-enabled device, A-L-E-X-A, you can use that. And you can ask Alexa to play um, Spirit of Recovery. Play Unity Online Radio and uh, tune in. 
and you can do that. I have no idea how that works, but those of you that are much more tech-savvy than I know what we're talking about, and just know that you can indeed use your Alexa-enabled device to listen. So you can also, of course, listen on demand. We've got podcasts several years worth of pod- podcasts and you can go to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash spirit of recovery and listen at your own leisure. I want you to know too something that's really important is that spirit of recovery is a welcoming place and everybody's welcome to listen. Everybody's welcome to participate, to send in a comment or question via the email or to call that in for my guest on the topic of the day because it doesn't matter if you're in recovery or not, if you're a person that, uh, in whatever kind of recovery or addiction you may or may not be in, if you're a family member or friend, you're welcome here. Uh, we're an inclusive group, and we're glad you're here, glad you're listening. And again, welcome your comments or questions for my guest. So uh, know that you're always valued and a welcome part of what we're doing here. You can also, if you like what you hear on Spirit of Recovery and also any of the other programs on unityonlineradio.org. If you want to support this radio station financially, you can do so. It is a nonprofit endeavor, and you can text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone, and you can make a one-time or an ongoing financial gift. So, our program today is called Music That Heals the Soul. And, you know, music is a natural expression of our deepest self. And so it can be a really important part of recovery. And we've got people like my guest here today who know that and who are out there with their own musical talents and gifts, bringing those to people that are in the recovery process. And it's really making a difference. It's great. It's a wonderful uh, addition, a wonderful understanding to the wholeness that recovery really is all about. My guest today has been with us before on Spirit of Recovery, and I always love having her back. And uh, I'll always invite her back because she has so much to give and, and is really doing a lot of great work out there. And my guest is Kathy Moser. She's an award-winning professional musician in long-term recovery. And she's a person that gives recovery performances and songwriting workshops for recovering people. And a lot of these workshops are for people that are in early recovery that may be enrolled in a treatment program. And she's going to be telling us some more about how all that works. But it's these things that she does with them help them to actually develop practical recovery skills. Kathy is her work is expanding and it's it's very exciting to learn about that. She's presented at um, a lot of treatment centers, the Meadows, the Rutgers Summer Institute, Karen, Texas, Father Martin's Ashley, Alina Lodge, Gosnold on Cape Cod, and many more. And she has also just won an award for her work and she does her work under the title of Music for Recovery. She's just won an award for excellence in addiction treatment from the Mental Health Association uh, in New Jersey, and that's quite an honor. You can learn more about what Kathy's doing in her Music for Recovery by going to the website Sonic Bids, and that's S-O-N-I-C-B-I-D-S, sonicbids.com, slash band, slash music for recovery. 
So, Kathy, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. I know you're going to share some uh, great ideas with us, and we're also going to hear some of your newest recovery music. So, welcome back. Glad to have you. Thank you so much. I so appreciate this opportunity to be with you, and I thank you for what you guys do as well. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So, Kathy, tell us a little bit. Let's start off here at the top and tell us about why the Mental Health Association in New Jersey gave Music for Recovery this award. Why did they award this to you? What have you been doing? Well, this year has been a really super exciting year for myself and and my my partner in crime here, my partner in joy. Um, is a woman named Alice Leon, a really gifted songwriter. And we've had the opportunity this year to, to install, if you will, our first full-on music for recovery program in a residential treatment center. And we've done this for Daytop, New Jersey, which is an adolescent population, 13 to 18 kids who have substance use disorder um, and often co-occurring mental illness as well issues. And they are here from between three and nine months. And we've been able to uh, make the music program a part of their treatment and really integrate that so the kids have the opportunity to learn an instrument. And we've had so many kids that have never had the opportunity to learn an instrument who, when they come here, get to learn all of these skills, these hands-on skills like repetition, slowing down, allowing gradual progress, just learning to learn, learning learning something new, and have that be an integral part of their treatment. Um, We've also been able to put small ensembles of musicians together, of the residents together to work. And the, the science shows that people that play music together actually bioregulate together. So that helps people who might have difficulty, you know, working in groups or getting along with other people. It gives them a fun and low-risk um, way to start practicing getting along with other people and listening. That's a really important thing. Playing music requires that you listen very intently to each other. Um, right. We also shoot a bunch of music videos with them and do a lot of songwriting, and also um, we call it midwifing to help them have the opportunity to do performances um, for each other and then also for wider audiences. And there's so many recovery skills to be learned inside of preparing to perform. So that we've been able to do this um, and, and partner with a clinical team so that a therapist or a case manager can actually refer a client to the music studio. And if they have to do some essays or write about their history of their drug use or something like that, or possibly explore some trauma that they've been through in order to heal from that. Um, they, a lot of kids have had the opportunity to do that in song. Mm-hmm. You know, this is amazing. And um, you, they actually write the songs, right, together as a group? We, some of them, in, in a lot of the treatment centers, we do group songwriting, and, and I think all the songs that you're going to play today were actually written in groups of 25, approximately 25 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's a really great experience. Also, like in that, um, you know, in, a, in that kind of a therapeutic environment, a group cohesion is super important. There's a reason that we can get sober together, and we don't, because almost nobody can do this by themselves, but... Um, there need to be activities to help build that group cohesion and help build that trust. And um, music has the uh, benefit of being fun and, and powerful and also coming out with a finished product, you know, a long-term finished product. So. Right. 
Well, let's hear that first song, and it's called One Day at a Time, or 24 Hours, and this is one that was written in a group, right? As you say, the ones we're going to hear today were... We wrote this song with about 40 people in two hours. <laughs> you are kidding. And, you know, I'm not. You're, I'm you're not. kidding. I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did. We wrote this song in two hours with about 40 people. And this is that. You'll hear Alice Leon singing. This is her vocal. Uh, she sounds great on this track. All right. So y'all wrote it in this group of 40 people, Kathy Moser says. I believe you. I'm kidding you. And <laughs> and you recorded it later, you and Alice and a group of yeah. people from Promises, right? Promises? The Promises Collective, yeah. That's what I call my band, the Promises Collective. So this is um, Al... Um, Al Green on bass and drums, and I think, uh, I can't remember right now off the top of my head the name of the guitar player. So hopefully let's play the track, and I, I think I should be able to tell you the name of the other guitar player. I'm playing rhythm guitar, but then there's another guitarist as well. Okay, so here we go. One Day at a Time, which was written by 40 people in two hours. All right, here we go. That was 24 Hours by my guest, Kathy Moser, with vocals by her bandmate, Alice Leon, the Promises Collective on the instrumentals and some of the voices, and written by 40 people in two hours. Now, Yeah, it's so hooky, isn't it? (laughs) Tell us how this, a little more detail of how this works. How, how How did you do that? So I will say, we we say right up front that it's insane. Also, we've done it hundreds of times, and it works every single time. So we get a group of 40 people that, you know, or 25 people, whatever it is that the treatment has, center has for us. And were these adults or kids? Were these adults or kids? Uh, these or- are all adults. Yep, they're all adults. But what's really interesting is that they're ranging in age, uh, sorry, ranging in age from like 18 to 65 and maybe even yeah. older. 
So that's one of uh-huh. the great things about this activity because it brings people together. And we, we meet with them and we say, hey, here's why we're doing songwriting and treatment. Recovery is a very opaque process. It's very difficult to see how it's going to work. They tell you that you're going to get your life back together, and they tell you that you can work on your relationships and get those things back, but nobody can tell you how that's going to happen, and nobody can tell you when that's going to happen. And they're asking you to trust them. So songwriting is also an extremely mysterious process. We walk in with nothing. We have no preconceived notion about what the song is going to be about, what topic it's going to be, what genre what it's going to be, nothing. We go over what we call the gifts of the process. We say, here's what we're going to be practicing. First of all, we're going to be letting a process unfold. We're going to be starting with nothing and taking actions as a group, which is exactly what we do in recovery. We come in generally bankrupt spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, and financially often, and we have nothing, and we join with this group of people and we start taking actions. And this is exactly what we're going to do in songwriting. Um, We tell them that it's going to be sober fun, which for so many people, honestly, is unimaginable. But we actually, you can feel the joy in the room when we are working, um, Mm -hmm. especially when it's being completed. We tell them that we're going to um, hang out with the gift of imperfection, that the song is going to be lousy when it starts, when it gets born. It's going to be awkward and messy and kind of stupid looking, uh, just like a baby bird, you know. And so is your recovery. And then our job is when that baby bird is born and looks just without promise, that we love it, we nurture it, and we tell it someday it will fly. So we're going to be relaxed about imperfection. Uh, We tell them that we're going to be uh, working with the gift of mistakes and creativity. So often things that happen by mistake are way cooler than things that happened on purpose. Now, many people may feel that coming into recovery was a mistake. They might have been brought in through law enforcement or pressured by their family, and it might turn out to be the best thing ever. So um, we also work with slowing down. You know, so many of us are just so used to this very high-paced, high-pressure feeling and within ourselves, and we're going to encourage them to slow down because when you're learning to deliver new lines of a song that you just wrote, You need to really let yourself slow down to get them just the timing and the rhythm in your mouth, literally. Um, And then we also have the gift of completion. We're going to finish the song. Um, Also the gift of service. If we write a great song, that song will go out into the world like this one has. Um, And the gift of the group that, you know, if you have a lot of different – we tell them that if recovery is a quest, the last thing you want on a mission or a quest is people who are like you. What you want is people who are not like you. And we show them a picture of the Star Wars crew, you know? Mm -hmm. You want, like, a medic and an engineer and a first mate and a captain. And then we flip it over to the newer version of Star Wars and tell them, like, even if some of these people feel like aliens, you know, because the newer version has aliens in it. Mm -hmm. So then um, we tell them music. Here's what makes music great. Tell the truth. This is not a test of your recovery. If you're not into the topic and you're frustrated by it, tell us that. But tell us it honestly, because we've had so many songs. Like, we wrote a song on hope, and we had a very, like, you know, a perfectly 18-year-old acting, 18-year-old girl in the corner with her arms crossed. And she's like, I don't believe in hope. I've tried too many times. And I was like, that's a great first line. And it was, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. Tell us the truth. Pain is a picture. You know, one of those songs, I think it's in in that song, maybe. I have to think about what song it is. They talk about liquid handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Right, so like that's, that's such a great picture, um, and 
so then we asked them what the topic that's on their mind. Um, and so these guys were talking about the 24 hours, one day at a time concept, because for many people, that's very kind of puzzling and seems like they're faking you out. Like, you know, they're going to ask you to not drink forever, but they're telling you just do it for today. And uh, so this is what we call an explorament. A lot of different points of view on that topic. Everyone writes something. We'll, like, give them two focusing sentence stems. One would be, like, um, it's hard to, it's hard to, like, it's hard to live life one day at a time because, and then they write from there. And then the other one would be, if I could live my life one day at a time, then, and everyone writes from there. Then we go around the room, we get every single person's ideas up on the board. Um, we're actually using like a laptop projector. So, and then we, and we look at it and we look for the obvious place to start. Did somebody already give us four lines of rhyme? Did somebody already give us like a really obvious first verse? And then we ask the group, what kind of song does this look like it wants to be? Um, and then we make some musical choices and offer them. We'll offer them a couple different grooves. I play guitar. Alice plays guitar. We have a laptop studio with a lot of different sounds in it. Um, and then we'll get some kind of musical groove that they're like, you'll hear them say, oh, yeah, that. We like that one. And then we'll play the music and we'll stare at the words. And we just ask somebody to be incredibly brave and get up and sing it for us, even though <laughs> nobody knows how this song goes yet because mm-hmm. nobody's ever heard it before. And um, and we love that part because uh, it's always something different than, I mean, Alice and I are both very experienced songwriters, and uh, we try very hard at that time to stay completely out of the way and just hear what comes up out of the group. And then what ends up happening is, you know, an hour into it or so, the song is usually in the process of being born, you know, and and we tell them, like, look, we walked in here an hour ago, there was no song, and we took actions together as a group, and now the song is arriving. You know, and if we can do this in an hour, imagine what you can do in 30 days. Imagine what you can make possible in your life in in 60 days. Um, so they get to literally see this mysterious process from start to finish. And every single thing we do applies back to recovery and skills that they can hands-on practice. With that, let's hear this next song. And you can tell us a little bit about kind of who wrote this one. It's called I'm Open because I think it's right there what you're talking about. Now, I'm guessing the energy shifts from when you walk in the room and tell them they're, they're going to write a song. I'm, I'm guessing that there are a few crossed arms in there. Am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. That's our favorite. That's our favorite evaluation. Yeah, people uh-huh. are like, I thought I was going to hate this. I thought this was going to be awful, but it was amazing. We had one guy who was like, I tried to call in sick. Like, I tried to tell them I was too sick to come, and I'm so glad they made me come anyway. Uh-huh. That's cool. And so as it rolls on, they start to become more open. So tell us a little bit about this one, and then we'll hear it. Um, how Who wrote I, I'm Open, or I mean, but, you know, not names. But yeah, you know, we wrote this. Of- this is one of our favorite groups of people to write with that we worked for um, this Gosnell on Cape Cod for the last, six years, I think, and um, they have a halfway house for women called Emerson House, and, you know, it is not easy living with a group of women, period, um, and it's definitely not easy living with a group of women who are in early recovery. They have a, a mommy and me program, so many of the women are either pregnant or have little ones there, mm-hmm. and the topic they wanted to write about was open-mindedness, mm-hmm. and um, I love this song. It says, I always find myself wherever I go but I'm open to something more than what I know. And um, this is a, we've written a couple of blues songs. This is a really fun song. It has a features Andy Gessling from a, a beautiful band called Railroad Earth. 
playing uh, some really raucous horns. And when we recorded this in the studio, I was like, you know what? Let's really try and make this sound like a barroom blues because our audience is familiar with what a barroom blues sounds like, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're going to take that power of that music that they love and we're going to turn it towards the, towards the positive, towards recovery. All right. So here's, we're going with I'm Open, written by women in early recovery. Here we go. I'm Open, written by a group of women in treatment and early recovery and guided along by my guest here, Kathy Moser, and um, in- incredible. That's just incredible. So, it's so um, fun. <laughs> I bet. I bet at the end of this, people are just just amazed. Are they delighted with themselves after they finish? 
Yeah, and that that's at Emerson. That was Emerson House, and and I tell you what, the, the, our next step with them is we're going to create a choir with them because oh. when we have thirty of them singing together, it's just been amazing. Um, so yeah, we're, there's just so many ways that we're looking forward towards building on what we're already doing. That's so cool. All right. We're going to go to break. Um, our topic today is music that heals the soul. My guest is Kathy Moser, and we are talking about the music in your soul and how it's just all a part of recovery. You can learn more about Kathy's work at Sonic Bids, S-O-N-I-C-B-I-D-S dot com slash band slash music for recovery. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Did you know that the Buddha gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that Jesus gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that both these masters taught exactly the same thing? And guess what? They did not teach the law of attraction. They taught the great paradox of prosperity. You can have anything you want. Why, you can have things you don't even know you want. But not by wanting them. Instead, put your attention on the vibrant presence of the divine within. Do that and your life will change. It has to. That is the natural order. Want to crack the code on the great paradox? Get Janet Connors, The Lotus and the Lily. Available everywhere great books are sold. Tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a hundred years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio. Words from our past. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Right here on Unity FM. The voice of an awakening world. Thanks for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share... Call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery 
at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus and I'm your host. And our topic today is music that heals the soul. My guest is Kathy Moser and she is sharing with us how she works with people in recovery, in early recovery, usually people that are in treatment programs, to engage them in a creation of music process that really is is like the metaphor for recovery. It's just incredible. And we're also getting to listen to the music that uh, all of these people have created. They've written songs. And then Kathy and her band have recorded them, and they're just amazing. You can look up uh, more about Kathy's work if you go to sonicbids.com, S-O-N-I-C-Bids.com, slash band, slash music for recovery. And also, you can download for free all of these songs that we're listening to today if you go to soundcloud.com, slash recovery songs, dash one, slash sets, slash soundtrack for recovery and if you didn't get all that i get that's okay i understand i will say it one more time later and i will also post it on the spirit of recovery facebook page so you will have that post where you can go and download all of these songs for free and enjoy them because they are incredible before we get back to our conversation and uh hearing more kathy's music and the music of all these folks in recovery i invite you to join me for a brief moment to make that conscious contact with your higher power to relax to let go to uh share with me a constructive idea and to open your mind and heart to that music that's in your soul so i do invite you to relax to feel that peaceful presence of of joy and light that is who you are feeling that relaxation from the top of your head all the way through your body temple and share with me this constructive idea I trust the music in my soul. I let go and let God. I trust the music in my soul. I let go and let God. And now we take a moment in the quiet. friends for joining me in the serenity minute and i trust that it was an opportunity to relax to let go and make that conscious contact with your higher power as you understand it so now i'm back to uh, my conversation with my guest kathy moser and talking about music for recovery uh kathy you said something in in the beginning of our program here today that just fascinated me you were talking about your work at daytop with adolescents and um you you talked about how important it is to make music together what that does 
for a person, um, and I'm guessing especially maybe even for adolescents because we know their brains are still developing. And um, and these are kids a lot of time at Daytop, kids that maybe come from backgrounds of where they've had to live in poverty, where probably they've experienced violence and trauma. And I know Daytop is working to, to have a trauma-informed care uh, program for these kids. And your music's an important part of that. So tell us a little bit about what it means for a program to be trauma-informed and why music is so uh, important and how that all works. Well, for us to be trauma-informed, I mean, one of the main things that it is is that you know, a lot of these kids come uh, appearing to act very badly. Um, they're just, you know, they've had some behavioral issues as well as uh, substance use disorder. And we have been trained at Daytop not to ask what's wrong with this kid, but to instead ask what happened to this kid mm-hmm. so that we recognize that their behavior is a reflection of what they've been going through. Um, also, they just do a lot of training here in terms of, uh, working to not um, to help the limbic system stay quiet. For example, when we work with kids, we never stand over them. We never stand behind them. You know, when I'm teaching musical instruments, I'm always asking per- for permission every time that I would ask if I could touch their hand in order to adjust it. Um, helping them to work in their own, being present in their own body with mindfulness and with breathing. Um, so those are some of the ways that we work with them. But I think most especially just recognizing um, what they've been through is, is what has led to this behavior. Um, and also the, the thing when we say what has happened to this kid when they're, rather than what is wrong with this kid, another big piece of trauma-informed care is to focus on the strengths about what is right with this kid and to help build on that. And that's where the music program has just been amazing because we've had so many um, – people that have been able to discover within themselves an innate musical talent and strength and interest that they never knew that they had. And um, so that's one of the ways where we can help, you know, kids can, if they're having a, um, a bad moment, they can request to go to the drum room and play drums. Uh, they can request to go um, play keyboards and calm down. They can request to come in and listen to soothing music. Um, we're putting a meditation and relaxation playlist on their iPods for them. So those are some of the ways that we're helping them. But the other interesting thing is is that in terms of, you know, both trauma and substance use disorder cause a lot of um, disconnections in the brain, especially between the right side and the left side of the brain. That's why, like, EMDR and other things like that work on connecting the right and left side of the brain. But the new um, functional real-time MRIs show that the number one thing for brain connectivity is to play a musical instrument. And that if you're learning a musical instrument, because, and they believe it's because so many pieces of your brain have to be functioning at the same time, plus it's usually a bilateral activity and that you're using both sides of your body. And it's proven that people that play music and learn an instrument um, have much better decision-making skills, uh, much better executive function, uh, much better ability to delay gratification. But I would also like to say that, like, one of the things about it, you know, for anyone in early recovery who might, you know, like the Narcotics Anonymous literature says, lost dreams awaken. We hear so many people say, I always wanted to play an instrument. I had a, I had a kid today come in the studio and say, I always wanted to play piano. Um, if you've always wanted to play an instrument, by all means, you know, have at it. Because uh, at any age, at any time, 
um, learning an instrument is, is so great for rebuilding all of those brain connections that have been severed by trauma and by addiction. And it's, it's joyful. And, you know, recovery is very, very hard work. And we tell people that they're going to be happy and joyous and free eventually, but early recovery does not feel like that. And so anything that we can do to bring that joy into the present um, is uh, just going to build a lot of hope and install hope in people. Mm-hmm. That's great. That seems like it's leading us up to this next song, Ready to Change. Mm-hmm. So tell us a bit about how this one was written. Uh, this is great. This is like definitely, we had like a Janis Joplin kind of singer in the group. And um, this was really cool. This is an older woman, like, you know, in her, in her middle age. And uh, so much, this is what we love about, this is what we call the gift of the group. It's just like so many times that this unlikely person steps forward and really shines in these group activities. And this was just a woman, I don't think he would have pegged her as the one who was going to get up and, and just rip out this great vocal and this great idea for this, like, call and response song. And... um so we wrote this, again, this is the same place we wrote uh, 24 Hours at Katamit for Gosnell and Cape Cod. We wrote this song with 40 people in two hours. Wow. All yeah. right. <laughs> That's amazing. Let's hear it. Ready to change. Stopping to ask why I'm still here. I seek the truth, but the truth lied to me. Take these scales from my eyes. So now I see. Are you ready to change? I don't know how. Are you ready to change? Let's do it now. Are you ready to change? I don't know how. Are you ready to change? Let's do it now. 
All right. That was Ready to Change by 40 people in two hours <laughs> wrote this thing. I still don't really believe that. I think you're pulling my leg. But no. And guided by my guest, Kathy Moser, and uh, Music for Recovery. So, Kathy, I love the lyrics in that song because, you know, how true that is about the recovery process. Okay, I'm ready to change, but I don't know how. And I'm totally. not sure about that. So, what was going on with this group when they were they were they were really into that? I don't know how part. Well, tell us about that. How that works in recovery? Right. I'd also like to just say that that again is the vocal of my uh, my partner in in work of this work uh, is Alan Leon singing, and that's a Dan Palladino doing that very like Dire Straits like guitar solo. Um, All right. I just want to acknowledge their their work on that. Um, sure. You know, it's definitely true. I mean, these are people, this particular facility is people who are in their first 28 days of recovery. Um, sometimes people who are in their first five days of recovery. And um, they've been doing something so long, you know, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says it comes, the, the drinking lifestyle starts to become the only normal lifestyle that we can can think of, you know, that that just becomes normal for us. So when people come into recovery, you know, they're being asked to give up something so huge, something that they perceived as their solution. So I think it's fabulous in this song when people are saying, I'm ready to change, but I don't know how. Because once people say, I don't know how, then that opens them up to asking for help. You know, the thing an addict says all the time is they're like, I know, I know, I know. You know, but when someone mm-hmm. says, hey, I don't know how, um, then that's that's in a powerful moment. And, you know, like so much of recovery is kind of paradoxical. It's like the moment that you throw up your hands and surrender is it the exact moment in which you start to succeed. That's right. You know, another line in there that uh, stood out to me is the, the masks are coming off, something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, many, so many of us, uh, myself included, you know, lived a double life. Right. And uh, so it's a very vulnerable time. I mean, that's another thing I think about this work that we do is, um, you know, it's a very vulnerable time for people. It's a scary time for people. And um, when we walk in and we say we're going to write a song in two hours, they just, they don't believe it, you know, and then we do. And I mean, honestly, we don't write a great song every time, um, but we have a great process every time. So, um, so yeah. Right. Well, you know, I uh, I know that you've had a lot of uh, anecdotal uh, reinforcement or, or support for what you're doing. I mean, you've heard, you've, I'm sure, got tons and tons of things that the people have told you, what happened to them, how life got better for them. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure the other uh, people there that, that are the clinicians, the staff at uh, Daytop and the other treatment centers, I'm sure that they say this was great and we saw this happen and that happened with this client. And that's wonderful. You love to hear that. It's good stuff. And in the world of treatment and mental health and substance uh, disorder treatment, we know you got to have some hard data. And so a researcher named John Kelly, Ph.D., who is an associate in psychology at Massachusetts General Hospital and also at Harvard Medical School, um, collaborated and uh, with you, I guess, and with Daytop and created a survey instrument to give to participants to see, you know, to get some hard data. So we found out so we some interesting stuff. Gosnold, we actually did that with Gosnold. 
Um, okay. And Spring, and Spring Hill Recovery Center. Yeah, and, and it's a funny thing. You know, John is a very well-respected uh, researcher in the industry and the founder of the Recovery Research Institute. And um, it, so he's also a really great songwriter. And um, he had a very, he had a real crisis of conscience when he was in graduate school about whether he was going to become a musician or a researcher. And um, so he did decide to become a researcher, but he actually still plays guitar. And so um, what we did was we sent him our evaluations that we had been gathering, and he had his graduate students, like, look at the areas that people were mentioned, you know, that people were referring to, um, where they saw benefit in the work that we did. Uh, We had these purely anecdotal evaluations. We said, was this helpful to you? If so, why? And if not, why not? Um, so they took that and they kind of categorized it into the different groups and then they created this survey instrument um, and then we, we administered that survey and they found uh, definitely inc- increases uh, an installation of hope for people, which is super important, also really improving a group cohesion for people and also helping people think that long-term recovery would be possible for them. Right, and they also uh, said here because I've got my paper, I've got my cheat sheet, and I'm reading this here. But also that they had people had the ability to express their emotions better than they had. Oh, before. absolutely! And you know that's I mean, so many people. You know, the reason so many of us drink and drug. I mean, I could say. Let me just say the reason I did was because I couldn't handle my emotions. I couldn't survive my emotions. I didn't see a way to get through them. But you know, through my entire life, songwriting has been my problem solving tool. Um, even in my using and, and, and before I started drinking and doing drugs and after, uh, I've always been genuinely puzzled how people survive life that aren't songwriters. I just don't understand how they do it. Um, so it's been really important. And I think it's important, there's two pieces of it as songwriting, is to be able to create it and make art out of it is very important. It's just, it, it adds a beauty to it, you know, a, a, a validity to it, a, 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 an energy to it. Um, turning it into a delicious lyric like li- liquid handcuffs, you know. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it right also becomes line. catchy, you know, and I, 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 t- I tell you what, man, I, when we wrote 24 hours, I was just, and we recorded, I would just walk around for days going, one day at a time, 24 hours. So, um, yeah, to be able to express themselves, and then also, you know, we create a SoundCloud page for our clients that they can go and download their own songs. So, and we can see after the fact that people, you know, regularly go back. We usually have, like, way more people, way more streams on SoundCloud than we had people in the workshop. So we know people are commonly um, accessing that multiple times after they get home. So it becomes part of their own soundtrack and part of their own accomplishment history. You know, that's incredible because uh, certainly a lot of what happens in addiction and in uh, contexts where for one way or another, uh, you're having to live in an impoverished environment. That that feeling of not having anything that's your own, not being visible, is such a trauma part of all that. And yet, there these people have a song that's that's out there, and they can go and download it and say, "I, you know, I was part of writing that." It's like it's like I don't know what the words are, but somehow like. Uh, giving people a a tool for a sense of self or tool's not quite right, but you're giving them a manifestation or a concrete expression. That's me. And they can have that and feel it and share it if they want to. That's amazing. The big deal. Yeah, and well, you know, we have 40 people in the room. 
40, by the way, is not our goal, but sometimes it just happens that way. Um, you know, our goal is more like 25, but every single person in the room has the opportunity to share. We don't go, go by a show of hands. We don't go by people calling out. We literally go one person at a time around the room. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people who are introverts who drank and drugged like very quietly, you know, in the corner. And um, I think it's important always to acknowledge that, um, you know, being extroverted is not directly correlated to having good ideas. And so part of our job in this um, work is to make sure that people who are more naturally quiet, more naturally introverted, introverted have a voice and are, are given that space. And I cannot tell you how many times it's just happened that that person who was quiet at the group really didn't have a beat on astonishes the group with what they have. And then what happens then is because you created a sense of safety, it changes the whole group dynamic. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. So, Kathy, we have two more songs, and at least we can hear clips of part, or at least a little bit of them. So let's hear a little, at least a little bit of Walking Through the Door. And tell us briefly who wrote this one. Uh, this one we did back at Emerson House. This one we actually went in with a directive from the um, director. She wanted the women to write about their strengths what their strengths are and um what i love about this song is um you know for so many people i think going into treatment feels like defeat mm-hmm. and i just want to say to anyone who's considering going in to get some kind of help for their addiction issues that asking for help is victory like that's what your strength is man if you can find the courage to go and ask for help, whatever that looks like for you. So many paths to recovery, if that's a 12-step group or a treatment center or whatever, you're going to find it. Um, You know, one of the women said, my strength is walking through this door and my hope is what I'm striving for. You know, and that if if you can, when you ask for help, like my experience is like a path kind of appears in front of you and there's steps you can actively take. You know, there's actions that you can take that will create recovery for yourself. Um, so I just love this idea that my strength is walking through this door. Um, and anyone who's thinking about walking through one of those doors and asking for help, I encourage you to do it. All right. Walking Through the Door, written by the women in early recovery at Emerson House. Here we go.
All right. That is beautiful. I love that. It's called Walking Through the Door by the Women at Emerson House. And again, you can download these for free yourself. Go to soundcloud.com slash recovery songs dash one. It's, it's a long story. I'll just know I'll post it on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page, but know that you can go to SoundCloud and download these and hear them yourself. So, Kat, and I'm pretty sure if you went to SoundCloud and just in the query box put in Music for Recovery, this would pop up. Perfect. So go to SoundCloud, put in Music for Recovery, and you'll find it. It's great stuff. So, Kathy, quickly, how did you, you've been a musician for a long time, even pre-recovery for you. How did you decide to use your music this way with people in recovery? I guess just, I had been doing just general songwriting workshops in, in my own early recovery, and um, I just realized that there was, like, all these parallels, and then I thought that this would just be um, a really powerful tool, and um, I proposed it to a local treatment center, and they said yes, and um, and here we are, you know, and then, I, and then I've, like, tried another place and tried another place, and now, you know, now we're looking at installing these programs in multiple locations. This is great stuff. It is such a gift. Thank you, Kathy, for doing it. Wow, Thank this is you a real so calling. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we're going to listen to part of at least one last song, Life is a Gift. Tell us, set us up. How did this one get written? Um, this is uh, also from Emerson House. We just had great luck with them. And um, Life is a Gift, don't forget who you are. I think they wanted to talk about, like, not losing your sense of self. And honestly, to tell you the truth, songwriting is a mysterious process, and I can't always tell you how we got there. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. it's just like recovery, man. You Sometimes it feels like you can't get there from here, but here we are, you know. Right. That's how it works. All right. We're going to hear this. We're going to roll out with this, but my guest is Kathy Moser. Uh, you can find her at sonicvids.com. At just, you know, look for music for recovery and um, go to SoundCloud. Dot com. Look for music for recovery and, and you'll do it. So again, Kathy, thanks for your work and thanks for being my guest. And we're going to roll out with Life is a Gift. Thank you so much, Anne. I super appreciate your support and all you do. Thank you. You're really welcome. Life is a gift. Don't forget who you are. You don't feel worthy, but you've come so It's hard to stay, so much damage has been done, but I look to those who fought, and one life is a gift. Life is a gift, don't forget who you are, you don't feel worthy, but you've come so far, don't give up, don't give in.
Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.